guys. Welcome back to Pain to Purpose, the podcast where I share my real life experiences in turning my pain into purpose to inspire others in working through trauma, mental illness, and just real life events. I'm your host, Alyssa Weiss, and in today's episode, we're going to talk about hyperindependence as a trauma response. And joined with me today is a very special guest, but before we get into the guest part of the episode, I just want to state some facts about hyperindependency for anybody that doesn't know about it. So I would definitely consider myself as hyperindependent, and it is due to trauma, because independence refers to being self-sufficient or taking care of yourself, and it's necessary as an adult to function independently to keep your appointments, finish your work assignments, maintain a healthy and a safe living space. And everyone encounters challenges that they can't tackle on their own or needs that they can't meet without support. But hyperindependence refers to an individual's attempt to be fully independent in all things, even when it's not helpful, when they truly need support from others. And I've been in that situation before of feeling like I can't ask people for help or can't reach out for support when I really need it. And that can be an unhealthy extreme because someone who is avoiding asking for help or support when it's detrimental means that it's most likely a trauma response. And signs that you struggle with hyperindependence, which a lot of us probably do and don't realize, is overachieving. And this means you may overcommit to your work or projects to the point of being unable to manage your workload. Refusing to delegate or ask for help. So you struggle asking for help when you're overwhelmed with your work assignments or won't let anybody help you with your workload. You're guarded in relationships and struggle to let your walls down or people in from a lack of trust. Secretiveness, one often keeps to yourself because you won't want to share personal information in fear of it being used against you. And that's one that I really struggle with and that's why I have a hard time opening up to people is because I feel like sometimes my emotions will be used against me. And that's happened to me in past relationships before. So that's why it's related to trauma, is I've had people in the past use my emotions and use what I've said and what I've asked for help with against me, causing me to go inside myself and not want to talk about it. Mistrust of others, being afraid of being let down so you keep to yourself, You have few close or long-term relationships because you're unable to open up to others, or it's hard to form relationships, romantic or platonic. You deal with stress or burnout because you struggle with delegating your tasks or asking for help take on more than you can handle, leading to burnout and increased stress. For trauma, trauma is a disturbing and distressing life event that someone is unable to cope with in an unhealthy way. It can be a single event like a car accident or a natural disaster, Or it can be ongoing chronic trauma, like sexual, physical, emotional abuse. Trauma can trigger survival mode, choosing behaviors that will keep you safest in the moment. And that doesn't necessarily mean that it's the healthiest, but it's a way for your brain to protect yourself. Because our brains are wired to keep us safe and alive. So some of the time that means that we'll go to unhealthy extremes in ways of protecting ourselves. And with trauma... I don't know if you've ever heard of intergenerational trauma or generational trauma, but we're so good at surviving traumatic events with the way that our brain is wired that it changes our genetic expression and we pass it down to our offspring. 
through generational trauma. And that's what I'm currently dealing with is my mom had problems with her mom and relational issues with her parents. And that led to my mom having relational and family issues with me. And now I'm the one responsible for changing that and breaking that pattern and realizing, okay, this hurts, this doesn't feel good, and I don't want my kids to feel the same way that I feel. So now that we've gotten that out of the way, I want to introduce our very special guest. What's going on? I'm Q or Quentin. Uh, I usually go by Q, though. All the way here from LA. Hey. Hey, hey. so good to back. be here. Yes, thank you for having me. All the way back to the fucking cold. It's yeah. like negative 11 degrees today yeah, for my listeners. Risk. Too cold. So how old are you? Uh, 28. What do you do? Uh, so I do bartending for a living. Yeah, so I like to um, bartend on high volume situations. Uh, other than that, you know, I'm like everybody, got a little hunger on the side business. So I try to um, have my own like speaking talk segments. Um, I also pursue things like acting, modeling, you know, gotta get that entrepreneurial mindset. So yeah. Hell yeah. yeah. Got to. Yeah. <laughs> so where did you grow up? Uh, I actually grew up in a really, really small town um, in Past Christian, Mississippi. Yeah. So it's going to be way out there. The okay. bayou. Tell me about that. <laughs> Mississippi, man. That's like, uh, like growing up somewhere like that. It's just like, that was one of those where your nearest neighbors a couple miles away. Okay. You know, so you like grow up in a real small town, like, and then those southern towns are different entirely. So it's just a unique way to, um, I guess, grow up. I mean, the soul food is great. The soul food's good. Oh yeah, I believe but, that. Yeah, yeah, but you know, there's like the southern hospitality that you grow up with and things like that. Yeah. Um, but I think growing up in a place like that, you know, they're uh, behind sometimes in certain ideologies and things like that. So it can be um, tough depending on how you grow up. Um, so it's. Uh, that's kind of what we ended up getting out of there. For sure. Mm -hmm. Makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Um, did you grow up with any siblings? I did. I did. I'm the oldest of three. Yeah. Okay. So I got nice. a younger sister who's like my oldest sister I never asked for, you know. And I got my little brother. Uh, yeah. He's the rock of the world, man. So nice. yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. What was it like growing up with your siblings? Did you guys get along? Yeah, we actually got along. I mean, like, I think growing up, you know, me and my sister were classic. Like, I was the older one. She was a little bit younger. So we used to butt heads all the time, you know, like classic steal your Hot Wheels, mess with the Barbie house, you know, like it, it was like classic older, like older brother, younger sister thing. Yeah. Um, but I think as we got older, you know, like um, we at some point, you know, that just switches. And then me and her like started really getting along. And now we're like extraordinarily tight. I couldn't imagine anything without my sister, to be honest. My sister's like my safe place, my, you know, wherever I'm at, like, as long as she's there, it's considered home, you know? So like my sister is definitely my rock and my little brother's become that way as well. Like he's my bond, you know, he always makes me feel like I'm as young as I possibly can be, you know, he's got such a yeah. fire and light in life. So yeah, I think, I think overall, like I'm super close to my siblings. Absolutely. That's awesome. Yeah. That's really awesome. Yeah. So what was it like growing up with Mom and dad, did you have both parents around? Yeah, so actually, um, I technically have a stepfather, right? Um, mm -hmm. So I didn't know my biological father until I was like 16 years old. I okay. never met him. Um, it was like a reach out on Facebook thing. But my mom and my dad actually got married when I was one. So as far as I'm concerned, you know, uh, my stepdad is my dad. Um, I'll often refer to him as my dad. I always will. Um, I think that's just because that's something earned. I don't think it's necessarily blood related to get the title dad. I think... You can do that outside. So, yeah, growing up with them, I think me and him butt heads at a super young age while I was just trying to figure myself out. You know, when I look back on it now, like he did everything right that he possibly could. I think I was just a little bit of a absolute nutcase handful, you know, like a little temperamental brat, to be honest. So I think growing up, me and him had a rocky start. Um, but then as I got older, you know, I really learned to appreciate him, especially after meeting my biological father. Um, I kind of came back 
you know, and that opened my eyes a lot to where it was like, wow, like I've got a lot of good things at home, you know, like I've got this guy who had no sense of her motive to like take care of me, but he like came in, loved my mom in such a way that like he was willing to take on anything she had, including a kid. I mean, that's love in one of the purest forms as I've seen. So I don't know. I think after that, that realization, that clicking me, my dad, super, super tight. Now we get along really well. Um, Otherwise, with my mom, like my mom and I have always had this special bond. I'm a mama's boy, true and through, you know, um, like classic sense of the word. Like, I'm so tight with my mom. Like, I could not imagine like life without her. Like, there's no possible way. Like, my mom is amazing. Uh, that's like the source of who I am as a person comes from both of their like ridiculous amount of free spirited love that I've received. So I think everything that's my best parts come from both of them. But yeah, my mom's definitely definitely something special that's amazing yes i'm super close and we talked a little bit before um you joined me and you said that your mom had you at a really young age and that's how we got into the topic of hyper independence Mm -hmm. and um so tell me more about that yeah so i think um like i think like my mom you know she had me at a super young age and then i think growing up you know you watch when somebody has a child at a young age, you know, they miss out on that youth element. Like you had to watch, I had to watch my mom grow up really, really quick. You know, we went from a house that had like cockroaches and holes in the floor, literally, you know, to now we live in Castle Rock in Colorado. You know what I mean? Like now we live and, you know, my parents have a full house, you know, something that was out of their wildest dreams at the time. Um, So I think growing up, you know, I always saw my mom in just this go mode, like she was doing college as well. So she was also raising me and trying to go to school and try to work this job. And like, she didn't have all the outside help and stuff. So I think she just kicked this thing into overdrive where it was like, she's taking care of me, taking care of a job, putting food on the table, you know, like she was the kind of mom that would like never buy herself jeans. Cause she always wanted to make sure I had school clothes. So I think, you know, growing up, I just saw her sacrifice a lot. And, um, you know, miss out on a lot of like those simplistic things in life that you're supposed to have when you're young. So it's like, she had to really like click things over and like, she has a life to take care of. So I think I watched her like really get independent, not really rely on anybody. I've never really seen her rely on anybody, not even my dad, you know, like they, they're definitely like two peas in a pod, but like they do their own things and that's what makes it so successful that they take care of each other in that right, you know? So yeah. Still really hard though, growing up with a parent who shows you that they don't really need to rely on anybody because as children we're like sponges yeah right and so to see that and soak that up because when i lost my father my mom then had to do everything on her own and my parents were never really around for me in general Mm. so i was always forced to grow up and do everything on my own and my mom actually my mom and I actually fucking got into it last night and we blew up at each other and I just told her like I've never felt loved by you I never felt like I could rely on you so now I'm so hyper independent and I do everything on my own and so do you feel like you in that sense have become that way too like you don't rely on anybody you don't talk to anybody about what you're going through just because of how you saw your mom as you were growing up? Yeah, absolutely. I think that rubbed off on me, you know, like it starts with like, you know, I used to get myself up for school, you know, pack your own lunch, get yourself to the bus stop. She didn't walk me, she didn't pack my lunch. She didn't set my alarm, she didn't wake me up for school. She had to be up and get to her own job, you know? So it was like, I gotta get myself up, make my own lunch, take care of my day. And you know, you do that at such a young age that it becomes routine where you like, really just take care of yourself. So I think that's affected me as a whole. Like even now when I look back on it, like, 
I don't rely on people, you know, like I don't like asking for help. I'm so bad at asking for help. When I apply for new jobs, you know, they're like, what's your biggest weakness? I'm like, I'm not going to ask you for help. I could be drowning in something and I won't ask for help. Like I could actually be drowning in the ocean. I still won't ask for help. Like I'll try to rescue myself, you know, like, um, I think it's that like be your own hero thing, you know, but also like that's definitely affected. I mean, me trying to have relationships and stuff because, you know, I don't always communicate the best way on things. And if I'm going through something, I like disappear into this corner and handle it on my own. So it's like I don't talk to friends about it. I don't talk to like my lover or relationship about it. So it's like I don't even talk to my parents about it sometimes. Like I reach out to my mom every once in a while, but, you know, she's got her own problems. And I guess speaking of, you know, with that independency, you have that attitude where it's like, no, they got their own things on their plate. Like I need to with mine. You know, like I don't like to throw my shit on other people right you know so it's like i try to take care of it on my own so i think financially everything like if i need something i like make it 10 times harder on myself to just try to do it myself than to like ask somebody and sometimes you know might be maybe it's a little pride on there as well but yeah i think seeing my mom grow up that way i think it affects a lot of things though like especially in you know trying to develop relationships and friendships and stuff you don't know how to ask for help you don't know how to talk to people you don't know how to communicate to people you know, and some people, you know, unless they're extraordinarily patient and forgiving, like sometimes you're going to lose people pretty quickly, you know, because they're yeah. going to be like, oh, like, you don't even want to talk. You can't even lean on me. You don't want to ask me for help. And it's like, you know, you have to kind of put it in their mindset. That's like, I'm not good at asking for help. But, you right. know, that one day I might ask you for help. And that that's a big thing for me to ask somebody for help. So it's hard to ask people oh, for help. It's yeah. immensely difficult for me to ask somebody for help. Yeah. Yeah. No, I hear that. Me too. Honestly. Yeah. So have you lost a lot of friendships and relationships due to lack of like asking for help and communication and things like that? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, especially like for me, you know, I I definitely deal with uh, depression. Um, And I think something like that, you know, like I don't talk about it a lot, you know, and I think I also think just the way I was brought up, I kind of like suppress a lot of things and bottle it down without hyper independency. Um, and you like imagine a box, right? And you've got this box and you've got like a bunch of little tiny sheets, no matter how thin the sheets are, you kind of fill up that box over time. Right. And you're not like letting anyone look at it or let anyone take some out or let anyone maybe add different things to help you out. Maybe get, maybe get you a new box. <laughs> it's bigger, you know? So it just kind of keeps stacking and stacking and stacking. No matter how small those little sheets are, eventually you can't even close your own box, you know, and then you're overwhelmed and then it's like over pouring. And then at that point, you know, like you don't even know how to ask for help, you know, Um, but I've definitely lost friendships because of it, you know, because I'll like, you know, I'll get depressed about something or I'll be like super, super working on something, you know, goal or achievement. I'll just be in go mode, whatever it might be. You know, I don't even tell them. I just kind of fall off like three to 10 days a month, whatever it is, you know, I'll just fall off. And I'll come back, you know, and be like, oh, hey, you know, like I never left or something, which to them, you know, they're like, well, where have you been this whole time? And to me, it's like, I've been taking care of my shit. You know, I've been taking care of my problems, you know, and then they're like, I didn't even know you're going through this. Like, why don't you tell me these things? Because, you know, somebody else, it's like you're just disappearing, you know, and I guess to me, it's like I'm falling off to like get things done. And then I come back and you're like, oh, I took care of my stuff. Like, I'm good now. You know, so I think I've definitely lost friendships because of that. I've definitely lost relationships because of that. I've definitely lost like loved ones and stuff like that. Like even even having a relationship can be difficult, you know, because like if I had a girlfriend or something, she'd, you know, try to reach out to comfort me and I'd probably like shut it down and kind of like, you know, dissipate into my own corner, handle my own shit, you know. But when you're in a relationship, it's like you handle things together, you know. So I think being hyper independent and getting into a relationship and handling things together 
is a very, very big challenge for me. Oh, 100%. Because yeah. that was definitely my issue in my past relationship is like, I didn't know how to talk to him about these things. And right. so it's like, when that happens, you just start to like, emotionally be distant from each other and they're not going to want to talk to you anymore. And so it does cause a lot of problems and issues in relationships because when you struggle to open up and be honest with people, there's no connection. And when there's no connection, there's no relationship. Totally. But no, that makes a lot of sense. Mm -hmm. Are there any times that you realized it was okay to ask for help? Yeah, absolutely. Especially, um, dealing with like depression. Um, so like, uh, and also like, you know, I've got some pretty good people around me, um, that are very like mental health aware and things. So I think after some time, there's those small things where you're like, you disappear and you're trying to deal with something on your own and like your heart's heavy and your mind's heavy and your spirit's weak. And you get to this weird point where you're just so tired that you want to fall back and you just want anybody there to fall back on. Like you're going to get tired of falling back on your own bed after a while and then into your own wall, you know, into your own arm, you know, and eventually you just kind of like, I don't know if you want to put it like not break your spirit. I don't want to say that, you know, but it's like you get to this like weak point where it's like not even you can handle your own shit. You yeah. know, so there's times that I've reached out to my mom, you know, especially when I was super depressed about something or like even uh, to be honest, my move to L.A., super hard transition. You know, L.A. is a very big hustle city and it's great. It's beautiful. There's so much to love, but it is very lonely very quickly because um, everyone's just trying to get theirs, you know, so like there's no room for a lot, you know, and everybody's so busy. So it does get very lonely. And when you're hyper independent and lonely and kind of deal with depression, that can put you in a real dark corner so quick. But then you don't talk to anybody, you know, ask for help. So, I, I mean, I'm even, it clicked to me because I was out one day, I was out surfing, you know, I'm chilling, I'm sitting on the beach and it's kind of dawning on me. Like, you know, I'm in this beautiful place. I, I took this amazing challenge, you know, moving out somewhere, like completely on my own, you know, a restart of my life. And I'm like, why aren't I so psyched about this? You know, why aren't I so hyped up about this? And it's like, I'm sad. And you're like, what are you sad for, bro? Like you've done more than most people ever do in their lifetime just by doing that, you know? So I can't even sit back and smell my own roses, you know? And that, that's when it sat on me. I was like, damn, like I can't even enjoy the grass I've been watering this whole time. And that sucks. So I called my mom that day and I just kind of unloaded it all on her. She, you know, being the rock that she is for me, she hundred percent just talked me through it. And I think after that talk, you know, I was kind of like, you know, that sigh of relief that like you can totally talk to somebody else about it. You can rely on people. As long as you have somebody that's trusted that you can feel like you can talk about in an open, non judgmental space, just lay it all on the table like a like a weeping baby, you know, just give it all to them and just let them let them take care of you. You know, and that's a it's actually a pretty good feeling to like feel that love reciprocated back in that kind of way. So what did that conversation look like? Uh to be honest with you, you know, it was like tearful you know uh, i'm not even afraid to admit it you know i'm on the phone i often get teary-eyed talking to my mom on the phone about stuff you know that was one of those deep conversations where it's just like you know i'm like mom you know i'm really struggling with depression like like i think i'm depressed you know and so i'm like i'm I'm struggling like I'm, I'm just sad all the fucking time like i'm having trouble making friends i'm trapping to trouble building relationships yada 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 you know the la seems like a brick wall you just go through layers and layers and layers just trying to break in there um so you know, you're facing that adversity. So then she's just kind of like, she, my mom is so calm. I don't know how she does it. I, I really don't. Like, she's the calmest woman I've ever met. She's just always very relaxed in her poised way. She, like, gave it back to me. And she just, I mean, basically kind of came back with, you know, you need to figure out what's making you depressed, you know. And she's like, 
how much are you going out drinking? You know, how much you go hang out by yourself drinking alone? She's like, you're an overthinker. How much is that playing into this? And that I was like, oh, shit. That's like 70, 80 percent of it, to be honest. And then she was like, also, you just moved to a new city. Like, you need to get a routine. She's like, you know, when you were in Colorado, you're very active. You know, she was like, find something to be physically active. Like, get to the gym again. Get back into a boxing class. Take up some surfing. Do something. Get back outside. Get active. You know, don't sit around and stew in your shit. Yeah. So I think those are all really good advice. And then she, you know, I think she also kind of reminded me of like how far I've really come, you know, and like where we've been, you know, and I think she also reminded me that like me just moving out there is something that I've been talking about for years. You know, right. it's something I've been wanting to do forever, as long as she can remember, you know, and she was like, you finally did it. You just like packed up your bags and you just jumped in your car and chased your dreams. Like you got to have a little bit more appreciation for just that small victory. So I think she put it in a good perspective for me. And I kind of stepped back and I was like, you know, no matter how small that step is, even if it's a half step, even if it's a centimeter more, even if it's a millimeter more every day, like whether whether you're moving forward by a lot or a little, it's the fact that you're moving forward at all. I love you know? that you just said that. So I really do, because <laughs> I feel like that's something I've tried to preach on my podcast for so long is it's not about perfection. It's about progress. Yeah. And, you know, I'm not perfect in anything that I do and I will never claim to be, you know, and I think that's something that's so easy to get caught up in, in like social media and stuff mm -hmm. too, is like, you only see one side of things. And when people are only showing like the good side of stuff, you forget that people are genuinely struggling and that people genuinely go through real life shit. But do you think that your hyper independence was part of the reason that you moved to LA or like, what was your drive to go to LA? Uh, to be honest, I think it was a little bit of both, you know, I think like, I, I think the hyper independence plays a lot into it. You know, like I think when you're super independent, like you want your own life, you want your own goals, you want your own success. I'm fueled by this notion of legacy. Like it just pushes me, you know, this whole idea of legacy. But for me, legacy is also creating life, right? I don't want to create a life I can't take care of. So I guess for me, I'm trying to build a foundation, some walls, some, you know, some comfort, a safe space to even bring up a legacy. You know, what's having a legacy if I can't put it on my own mantle? So it's like, I want it above my fireplace that I made, that I put there, you know? So I think being in Colorado is a beautiful thing, you know, but I, every every time, you know, I'd look around, um, I think a lot of people here were already at that end goal. Um, a lot of people here are retired, they're raising families, they're, you know, this is a great place to do that, you know? And I think looking around, I was like, man, like to me, living in that small mountain town was my own matrix. You know, it was like, do I want to live in the same place I've always known my whole life? Or do I want to be somewhere that I want to be, you know? And I guess also there's a little bit of like challenging yourself, you know, it's like, you know, you think you can do it, but like, can you do it when you move somewhere and you have nothing? Can you do it with a nothing on your slate? And nobody. And nobody, you know, like that's, that's where I wanted to challenge myself to see, you know, yeah. I believe I'm great. No doubt in my mind, but it's like, how great are you, bro? You know? So it's like, now nah, I got to go figure that out. So I think going to LA, man, it was just, I love the weather. Number one. Um, I love the hustle and bustle. Uh, I love how the sky's the limit. And I think to be honest, to me, it was like a shooting star that was just so hard to grasp, you know, cause everyone, I think what fueled me too is, you know, I talk about moving to California and everyone's like, Oh, it's so expensive. Oh, you know, are you going to make it? Like, are you going to get there? Like everyone's chasing the same thing. Everyone's hot in LA. Like you might be hot in your town of 50 people, but like 500 people look like you in the same block in LA, all hot, you know, like, do you really got it? And I think all that adversity stacking up, I was like, you know what? 
I'll take that. You know, I will. Yeah, I will, bro. Just I will do that. It does hundred percent. So I was like, you know what? I don't care if it's expensive. I'll do it. I don't care if everyone's talented. I'll do it. You yeah. know, I'll be my own greatness. You know, right. they, they got everything else, but they're not me. You know, so I was like, let me take that out there. So I was yeah. like, now nah, I just, I, it fueled me even more and I just had to get out there. But yeah, I'm rambling now. No, I love it. I love <laughs> what you said about legacy too. Like that just hits so like home for me because yeah. that's my whole thing too is I, the fear of being average is so fucking scary for me. Like I cannot stand the thought of being like everybody else. Yeah. That scares the shit out of me because with the billions of people in this world and you're telling me that we get one shot at this shit and these people don't want to do anything with nah couldn't be me and so i love what you said about legacy and like creating your own life and i think i think some of that definitely does come from trauma and seeing like you can't always rely on people and that not everybody is going to be there for you but it also does add fuel to the fire and it really pushes you to challenge yourself and see like what you can put your mind to and I think that's the beautiful thing and why I call my podcast pain to purpose is because with the adversity that you faced and the people that were trying to tell you like can you actually do it can you make it it's like watch this I'm gonna do it and then you're gonna see the reason why you never should have doubted me in the first place absolutely and so yeah no I think that's awesome Mm -hmm. yeah it's good and I think like that uh independency can kind of roll you into like adding your own goals you know I think there's some downsides to it but those upsides are that like you really can create your own thing and I'm trying to I like that's why I'm really glad to be here too is because I like the whole idea of turning a pain into a purpose because you know looking at my hyper independency there is a way that I can take my hyper independency and make it into that legacy and that legacy can take care of everything that I put after that and then they have me to lean on yeah you know like they don't have to be hyper independent now they can lean on me anytime wow I'll take care of them you know, like now I've got a position in my life where I can take care of everybody who ever took care of me, you know? Yep. So, and I think that's also why sometimes I avoid getting taken care of too much because that's a big bill, you yeah. know? And when it comes time to pay that bill back, I like to keep it small, no, you know? I so. <laughs> I'm the same way though, honestly, because everything I do is always for other people. And yeah. like just wanting to be like that bigger sister for people that they never had or somebody that they feel like they can rely on when they were down, you know? And totally. like, they don't have to, be in the same situation that I was in and feeling like I don't have anybody and having to be so hyper independent. And it's like you said, like wanting to pay that back to your family and take care of them. And that's my biggest thing too, is I know that fuck with my mom putting me through treatment and everything. Like my biggest goal is to pay her back for that. And you know, all these different things. But I think like you said, that independence really does push you to like chase those goals Mm -hmm. so yeah because it kind of puts you up against a wall where you're like you know you almost make yourself i've made myself believe i don't have a choice yeah you know like there is no other way there's no there's no plan b for me it's just plan a yeah no there can't be a plan b no because then you just get comfortable in the idea of failing exactly so and that's scary Mm -mm. yeah can't can't do it yeah exactly i feel you i feel you yes if you had to give my listeners one piece of advice what would it be and why Mm. to continuously try to break out of that matrix or that norm you know we talked about a little bit about not being average you know like spend a little less time comparing your life to somebody else's glimmer and gold on social media because they're not going to show you their demons you know and you've got your own but also if you learn how to take something that's been painful for you if you learn how to take something 
um, that you might have experienced that really puts you down or a trauma, if you learn how to not just bury, like don't bury it, learn how to make it your strength, you know, learn how to make that adversity something that can push you and propel you because that's made you unique. The fact that you're standing from that small thing or that large thing, no matter what it is that you've been through, the fact that you're still standing after it, literally transforming, you know, like transforming your pain or your trauma into your strength. You know, don't let it be something that you become a victim of. Don't let it be something that pushes you down. Like you are in control of your destiny. You're in control of your fate. You're in control of your mind. You're in control of your heart. You know, you, you set that. Yeah. Not those experiences. Those experiences don't define you. You define you. So like when you wake up, you know, like honestly, fuck however that stuff did you, you know, figure out a way that makes that your biggest strength. Be something that makes that something that's like, yeah, that was a weakness, but now it's now it's my my greatest strength. Now it's something that I've made into such a great positive that it's made me great, you know, and I think that's what those things are meant to do. You know, I think, you know, diamonds, for et cetera, you know, it's a classic saying they're forged under pressure. You know, some of the most beautiful things in life can only be done after something nasty has happened. I mean, you think of weather, rainbows, things like that, like transformation comes from a dark period. So hit your dark period. You already went through it. You're on the other side. You know, you're not in it anymore. That's right. that. That's the matrix of the trauma. It wants you to believe that you're always there in the same spot, but you're not. You woke up the next day and you're still awake. You've already won yeah you've already won so to me i think that's something that like carry that on you know whatever it is that anybody's going through like figure out a way to make that 100 100 stronger beautifully said yeah thank you yeah (laughs) that was awesome yeah wow kind of speechless after that (laughs) um but no i think i said something along those lines in a previous episode of like your trauma doesn't define you like you really have an opportunity to make something out of what happened to you it's not a permanent thing and you know we're our own worst enemy and we do have a choice to keep ourselves stuck in it and I think that was something that took me forever to realize is like I don't have to continue victimizing myself over this shit like I can continue feeling sorry for myself but what is that going to do only make the problems worse I'm probably going to put myself in worse situations and end up causing myself more trauma instead of just realizing like okay like you said diamonds form under pressure this happened for a reason and I think you know now looking where I'm at I understand why it happened but in the moment you don't see it but you do have a choice and you have a choice to make something out of it and I think you said that so beautifully well thank you yeah (laughs) but anything else that's on your heart or your mind before we finish up um yeah actually I was gonna say you know um I think Recently, I've been seeing a lot of things about like men not feeling like we can open up. Yeah. And I think this is a great ap- like opportunity for me to just literally say, like for any man out there that's going through something, um, the depression's real. We also have trauma. You know, there's there's a lot of men out there that feel like they really can't talk about things um, because you know it's it's unmanly to do or just you know man up, bro. Like take care of it. You know, like yeah. nobody wants to hear that, man. You know, or just like that that super masculine trait where we just bottle things and we just push it down like nobody wants to hear it bro it's not true man your bros want to hear it uh your family does your friends uh your girlfriend man if you got a girl like if you got somebody who loves you like it's okay to talk about it you know um there they are your safe space man like let those guards down i think it makes somebody more of a man to be able to open his heart up yes and i think that makes you a stronger man i think that makes you one of the strongest men on this planet to be able to live through love 
So I don't think you have to bottle it up. So I guess that's that's all I really want to say about that no, while I was I, here. I love that. Thank you. Because <laughs> yeah, of course. I agree with what you said of how opening up makes you more of a man. And I would completely agree from a woman's perspective of like, if you are with a woman or whatever they identify as, I don't care, like open up to them because we want to be here for you. We want to be here to support you. And I know that it feels like probably sometimes you don't even know what to say or how to like open up to us, but even just giving in the effort and trying to show us like, I don't know how to talk about this, but I'm going through something and I just need someone to be here. Like that to us shows that you genuinely care and that you genuinely want to be here for us too, because it is a two-sided coin. So Mm -hmm. it's like you said though, we really are here and it makes me so sad that society has created this narrative for men that you guys can't talk about it or should bottle it up or it's like not important because it's so not true. And we're all human we're literally all human we go through the same things and it's like nothing is new under the sun so i'm sure if you're dealing with something there's somebody else who has dealt with the same thing that you're going through so you're not alone but thank you so much for joining me today Uh, you're so welcome thank you for having me it was a pleasure yeah (laughs) absolutely thanks for coming all the way from la no i'm just kidding yeah right i'm like i flew right in for it let's go (laughs) no but um yeah I really appreciate you being here, and it's very nice to actually meet you in freaking person (laughs) instead of just over social media. But absolutely, yeah, no, it was awesome. I really appreciate you being here. Of course, thank you for having me. Absolutely, thanks. (laughs) Thank you guys so much for being here, and thank you Q for joining me. If you guys found anything helpful or resonated with anything that either of us said in this episode, please leave a rating, leave a like, uh, leave a review. Share it on social media just helps get my word out there and helps my podcast grow. And that's truly the biggest way that you can support me. Thank you guys for showing up for yourselves and being here today. I'm so, so grateful to have each and every one of you and I couldn't do this without you. I love you so, so much and I will see you in the next one. Bye.